0: Good morning, church. Ooh, nice and loud. Thank you for being patient with us as we're having some technical difficulties as learning the process of streaming. And technology is wonderful, isn't it? You have everything set up, and it's working fine all week. And then you get to Sunday morning, and it's just like, nope, I'm not having any of it. So but it's a good morning. My name is Chris Corbin. I have the privilege of serving as the pastor here. And it's a little bit different because we haven't done it this way before. But we have those of you who are joining our service live in person, that I get to see your beautiful faces, many of them hidden behind masks. And we have those who are joining us online. And so whether you are joining us online or whether you're joining us in person, I am just so thankful that you are here with us this morning. We are honoured that you have decided to spend the next probably about 40, 45 minutes with us. And so for those of you who are joining us online, uh, we want to acknowledge up front that things are going to look a little bit different. We've had to change some of our technology, and so our services are going to look different than they have the past six or seven months. And those of you who are here might already be expecting that. You're kind of looking forward to getting back to some of the ways we've done them in the past. And so we're going to be continuing to adapt and change and learn and grow with technology as we begin, um, or as we continue regathering and moving into the more of the, the live portions of our services. And over the next few weeks and months, we're hoping to continue to add elements of our service, including worship and, and fellowship times. Um, but it's a change, and we're learning, and uh, it's going to be awkward at times. Um, Things might not always work the the way that we want them to, Um, but we're thankful that you are here with us and that you're working with us, that you're bearing with us. Um, Yeah. And as I stand here, I have this weird feeling. Um, I'm both excited and nervous uh, at the same time. You know, this is something I've been doing for a long time, but. I haven't preached live in over six months. I've been preaching to a camera and to my wife. And so to see your faces out here is just a whole different feeling once again. And so there's this excitement and there's this nervousness that's all kind of rolled up into one and happening right now. Um, but with that being said, I'm actually really excited for the things that God is going to do. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the ways that we've been able to partner together through this time. Um, You know, even though the world has looked very different these last few months, um, we've just been so encouraged by your faithful support and encouragement, your prayers and your generous giving um, as we faced an unknown future and even an unknown present. But as I was thinking about this, as I was reflecting on what the last six months have looked like, and I don't think any of us would have ever imagined that that was the way we were doing church. I don't think any of us would imagine that this is the way we're doing church six or eight months ago, but yet here we are, and we don't know what's going to come. We don't know what tomorrow will hold. We don't know what three months down the road will hold. We don't know what is yet to come, but as I think about all of those things, I am still left with this tremendous sense of hope. And I hope you are filled with a a hope, and not just a sense of hope, but a deep-seated hope, a deep-seated peace. Because I'm convinced that we serve a God who is good. We serve a God who is stronger than any virus, who is more powerful than any pandemic or any challenge that's going to come our way. He is a God who can redeem and restore even the hardest situations and even the darkest moments that we will face. And he can use them to bring glory to his name. And so this morning, I want to open with a word of prayer. And I want to invite God to be present in our service. I want to invite him to come and to speak to our hearts. And so that he would engage us, body mind, soul and spirit. So would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, we come to you this morning and we recognize that uh, we can have all the greatest plans in the world set out before us, and yet none of them really matter unless it's your will. And so we come with open hands, with expectant hearts, that you are a God who is good and a God who longs to meet with us to engage with us, to speak to us. And so we ask you to do that this morning, Lord. We ask you to come and to be present in our midst wherever, wherever we are. Whether we're sitting in a church building or whether we're sitting in our living rooms. God, you are able to meet with us. You long to meet with us. You long to connect to us. You long to speak to us. And so may we be open to your word. May we hear your voice. And may we have an expectancy that you are going to move this morning. So we invite you to come. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I shared with you at the beginning of the service just a couple minutes ago that I believe that our God is greater than anything we will ever face. Um, I still just, I I can't get over Jesus. (laughs) Hey-oh! Could you imagine if Jesus actually spoke like that to us? You know, I think he kind of does. It's a little bit, there's this reverence and there's this awe about who Jesus is. We worship him, but he is also our friend. And I think he invites us into that relationship where he says, hey-oh. But God is greater than anything we will ever face. And, and this God who is greater has established a kingdom that will not falter and it will not fail. And this astounds me and it, it amazes me at all times that God has created this kingdom. He has established his kingdom, his reign, his rule, And then he has called us. He has invited us to participate in the life of his kingdom, to live in the kingdom of God. And what astounds me even more than that is that as individuals and as a church, we actually have a part to play in the kingdom of God. So not only have we been invited to be citizens of this kingdom, but we actually have a vital role in establishing the kingdom and making it known. And so while each one of us has an individual role to play, we actually have a role as a church. As and Road Alliance Church, we have an important role to play in the kingdom of God. Now, I think most of us know that, but it's good to be reminded that God is actually wanting to, to use us to work in and through us to establish his kingdom. And it's extremely important to the vitality and the life of this church body to to really to understand who we are as a church, to understand what God has called us to so that we can actually best accomplish what he has specifically called us to, to do in his kingdom, the role that he has given us. And so over the past year or so, the Board of Elders of the Church, we've been working through a process of reworking or reimagining, reenvisioning our vision and values that we believe will help us to, to lead forward together, to move forward as a, as a church body, as a group of individuals and a group of Christ followers as we serve our community, as we serve our city, and as we serve the world, as we make Christ known. And so we have a vision for the type of church that we believe that we are called to be. And we have values that help to shape who we are and the things that we do as a church. And these values are what ultimately set us apart from all other churches. You know, much of what I'm going to share with you this morning um, is actually really similar to other churches. You're going to hear similar language at times, um, and similar values, you're going you're to hear a similar vision statement at times because ultimately they're all based on the great commission and the great commandment that Christ has given us. In Matthew 28, Jesus says, "'Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you to the end of the age.'" This is the great commission. This is what God has called us to. And in Matthew 22, he says this. He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so most churches, vision, mission, values, all are based on these two passages in some way, shape, or form. And our goal is ultimately as a church to live these out. That's what we want to do. We want to do those things as individuals, but we want to do it as a corporate body together. But the question, of course, is how do you do that? And so understanding our specific vision and values helps us to maintain a focus and direction in everything we do. It sets the course for our church as a whole. They provide direction and and guidance for our ministries. Um, because the reality is, is it's easy to get caught up doing everything. There's a lot of great ministries, and there's a lot of great churches out there. And there's a tendency to see what another church is doing and say, hey, I want to do that too. And yet sometimes it's not what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to be another church. We're called to be Ritz and Road Alliance Church. And so our vision and our values help us to be committed to what God is uniquely doing here in our midst. And so I want to share with you the vision that we have established for Ritson Road Alliance Church. And that's why you're here. For those of you who are sitting in the church, you guys would have received one of these. They should have been on some of the chairs. And if you didn't get one, we have more. For those of you who are online, you don't get one of these, but we will post it on Facebook later. But it's simply a a bookmark that highlights our vision and our values for you to take. But the vision of Ritson Road Alliance Church is this. As a community of Christ followers, we are devoted to knowing God, committed to loving one another, and focused on reaching the lost. We see our vision as being comprised of three basic pieces, three components. First and foremost, we want to be devoted to knowing God. Secondly, we want to be committed to loving one another, to loving each other the church the body those who would call ritz and road alliance church their church home and then third we want to be focused on reaching the lost those who don't know jesus this is the kind of church that we want to be and so as we were processing that the next step for the the, the elders was really to sit down and figure out the how behind the vision How do we accomplish that? And that's where our values come in. Our values sort of provide the framework which within we will operate to accomplish that vision. And as we were doing that, we considered the various reasons why people love Ritz and Road Alliance Church. You know, over the years I've asked people, what was it about Ritz and Road that that brought you here? We, We established kind of some of the things that make us unique. We considered some of the ways that we have traditionally done things at church, the way we've done outreach, the way we've done ministries. And we also sat down and we considered some of the ways that we aspire to operate. These are ways that we maybe haven't operated in the past, but we see as important and vital for moving forward in the future. And in the end, we came up with nine values that we believe will guide us and help us to accomplish our vision. And so these are the values that are going to shape our vision. So we are a community of Christ followers who are passionately devoted to knowing God. By being Christ-centered and spirit-empowered, that's the first one, we believe that we are going to be biblically-based and people of prayer. We are deeply committed to loving one another by being family-oriented restorative and transformative, and disciple-making. And then we are going to be relentlessly focused on reaching the lost by being mission-focused, generous stewards, and people who are creative and collaborative. And so this morning, we're going to briefly touch on some of these values so that I can give you just a glimpse into the heart behind them. We can't obviously break them down in their entirety this morning. And that's just, we can't go too deep. But we're going to continue to unfold these values over the next few weeks and maybe even months. But in in Mark chapter 12, Jesus says this. He says, the most important commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your soul. With all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and all your strength and so if this is the greatest commandment that jesus could give us is to love god then we need to be passionately devoted to knowing him and in order to do that we believe that we need to be first and foremost christ-centered and spirit empowered with that in mind we will center our lives on jesus christ in our theology and our experience as jesus calls us into deeper relationship we recognize that we can't live a christ-centered life out of our own strength it is only through the empowerment of the holy spirit that we can do that as a church as a leadership we believe in a full gospel that is centered on the power the person and the presence of jesus christ It's not just about knowing about Jesus. It's not having facts about him. It's also important that we have an intimate relationship with him and that we experience him and encounter him in our daily lives. And as we encounter Jesus in our daily life and as we experience him more and more in every area of our lives, we believe that we will be called into that deeper relationship with God. We will know him better and better. Jesus tells us, He says, "If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is." From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Jesus paints us this picture that knowing God is going, knowing the Father is knowing Him. We have to know Jesus. We have to center our lives on Him for us to be passionately focused. To know or devoted to knowing God, we must focus our lives on Jesus. And we realize that it is hard to do that in our own strength. In fact, it's almost impossible for us to do it in our own strength. We are only able to focus our lives on Jesus Christ as the Holy Spirit comes and enables us. As the Holy Spirit comes and fills us, as he leads us, guides us, and empowers us. Jesus says in John chapter 15, "But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth, and he will come to you from the Father and he will testify all about me. The spirit's job is to to point us to Jesus. And so we need to be empowered by the spirit. We need to allow the spirit to move within us, to move among us, to fill us, to, to create greater space in us so that we can allow greater place for Jesus to work, to point us to the Father. The second value we have is this, is that we are biblically based. We affirm the inerrancy and the authority of the scriptures. We believe that the ministries of preaching and teaching help us to understand and apply the Bible to our faith and practice. The Apostle Paul tells us All scripture is God-breathed. It is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The scriptures, the Bible, this book right here, it helps us to know the heart of God. It teaches us about our need for Jesus, and it instructs us how to live. It helps us to prepare our hearts to love others and to reach the lost. This is vital. We want to base our ministry, we want to base our our purpose on the word of God. Paul goes on to encourage the church by saying, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom." singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your heart to God. And I was was thinking about that. It's pretty hard for the words of Christ to dwell in us, to dwell in us richly if we never spend time in it. If we never spend time reading the Bible, if we never spend time memorizing it, interacting with it, and engaging it. And so we are going to be encouraging you as the church We are gonna be challenging you to be reading the Bible, to be interacting with it on a regular basis, not just on Sundays, but in every part of our lives. The next value that helps us to be devoted to knowing God is that we will be people of prayer. We will be a people who are ever increasingly given to prayer and we will seek God with an expectancy that he will answer our prayers. As a denomination, as the Christian and Missionary Alliance, we believe that nothing of lasting value can be done unless it is bathed in prayer. And church, I'm going to be honest with you. I believe that this is one of those areas of aspiration for many of us. But it is my hope and my prayer that God is birthing in us a deep, rooted passion for prayer. Pete Greig, who is the the founder of the 24-7 Prayer Movement, he writes in a book called Red Moon Rising all about the the establishment of this movement that he's been a part of. And it goes on long before him, but he he just reflects on it. He says this, we pray so that people will encounter Christ. And we preach so that when people encounter Christ, they will deepen their relationship Through prayer. In prayer, we inhale as God breathes his new life into us. And then in evangelism and discipleship, we exhale to breathe God's life upon a dying world. He also goes on to write, he says, my feeble, whispered, faithless prayer invokes a thunderous, resounding, bone-shaking great amen from countless angels from heroes of the faith, and from Christ himself. And every time I read those words, I'm moved to want to go deeper and further into a life of prayer. If the result of a feeble, whispered, faithless prayer are the, is the invoking of amen by Christ himself, what would happen if the church if our church truly gathered together in prayer. If we gave ourselves to the ministry of prayer, believing that in our prayers, God would listen and he would move. I think it's something that we need to aspire to. It's we need to to be a people of prayer. The psalmist in Psalm 116 says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. As long as I have breath, I will be a person of prayer. As long as we have breath, we will be a people of prayer. And so our relationship, we we begin with our relationship with God. We want to be devoted to knowing him. And then we begin to look outward. We begin by looking up, and then we begin to look at those who are around us. And so we are deeply committed to loving one another. And we are deeply committed to loving one another by being family-oriented. We seek to provide opportunities for people of every generation to experience significant relationships that encourage growth. So whether you are a newborn or whether you are 101 or 110, I don't want to limit how old you will grow. Whether you are single or married, whether you have kids or grandkids or no kids, we strive to be a place where people of every generation can come and find a seat at the table, where generations can learn from each other and we can grow together learning from one another, challenging one another, strengthening one another, supporting one another, building each other up in prayer, not segregated by our generations, but a full and complete body. Next, we are committed to loving one another by being restorative and transformative. And so in that, we welcome people's true selves And we invite them to experience a God who meets their needs in all aspects of their lives. Spiritually, emotionally, and physically. We believe that God longs to bring healing and and restoration to all of the areas of our lives. Including our relationship with him and with one another. And so you are welcome here. My hope and my dream and my desire is that this would be a place that is safe for all. And our heart's desire is that this can be a place where you can come and you can meet with God, where you can wrestle with God, where you can ask the hard questions about God and to God. That although this is a sacred space where we worship him, it is also a place where we can encounter him in the mess And the muck as well. We long to be a place where people can truly encounter Jesus. Wherever they are. Because we believe that he is a God who longs to restore us. Who longs to restore us to him. He wants to reconcile us to him. He wants to make us whole. And for us to experience healing. Healing. Jesus even says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. In all of those areas, Jesus is speaking about being redemptive and restorative to every aspect of our lives. And so in Jesus, there is certainly forgiveness of sins But in him, there is healing for us. Spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And so we want this to be a place where people can come to meet with a God who will meet those needs. And not only does he want us to be restored to him, not only does he want us to be reconciled to him, but he wants us to be restored to one another the whole purpose behind the the people of Israel was that they were actually meant to take God to the nations. And so we long to be a place where people are learning to become at peace with one another, where we are truly able to love one another. The reality is, is that we're not always going to agree. We're not always going to see eye to eye. We're not always going to get along. But we want to be a place where we will seek to forgive one another. We were, where we will seek to restore bonds and, that have been broken, relationships that have been, have been broken or crushed or that are in disrepair. We long to be a place where we will build each other up in Christ, where we will encourage one another rather than tear each other down. Next, we want to be disciple-making. And so we will partner with every person who is willing to take their next step forward in knowing and following God, in helping them to move further in their discipleship journey. And so discipleship or disciple-making, as we interchange some of those words, is going to be an integral part of how we carry, about, carry out our vision and our values. It doesn't matter if someone is far from God, someone who doesn't know him or who is even set against God, or whether they are someone who is as saintly as they come, who has walked with God for, for 90 years, I don't know how long, who has lived their whole lives growing closer and closer to God. So whether they are on the far either end of the spectrum or anywhere in between, we long to come alongside them, to come alongside you, to walk with you as we move forward in our knowledge and experience with God. Paul tells us, he says, be imitators of me, just as I am also of Christ. Be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. This is what discipleship looks like. Paul is telling us that I'm doing what Jesus did. And what did Jesus do? Well, he surrounded himself with men and women who he would walk with. He walked with them, he talked with them, he taught them about the kingdom of God, and he equipped them to do the same with others. He equipped them to tell others about the kingdom of God, and then he sent them out. They didn't stay huddled in their little group just talking about what God had done. They actually moved out into their neighborhoods, they moved out into the world, and they shared the good news of Jesus Christ with others, and they brought others alongside them. And they told them, how do you tell others about the kingdom of God? They equipped them, and then they in turn sent them out to proclaim the good news. This is a repetitive process that we believe is important and to the vitality of the church. We believe that we are called to be a healthy church that is producing healthy disciples who are in turn devoted to walking with others on their discipleship journey and reaching lost people. If we don't get that, we're not actually doing what we're called to do in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not just for us to feel good and and to be happy and, and content and sit in our bubbles. It is meant to be made known to the nations, to those who are around us. And so this leads us into our final set of values. that we will be relentlessly focused on reaching the lost by being mission focused and so we will seek to proclaim the gospel in all areas of ministry for the purpose of seeing lives changed we will strive to effectively use traditional methods as well as seek to find new ways in which we can reach the lost we believe that out of a christ-centered and spirit-empowered environment where we have the values of people being people of prayer, where we are biblically based, where we are gathered together loving one another, that out of that kind of environment will emerge an unquenchable passion to be on mission with God. When you know Jesus Christ for who he is and what he has done as the spirit empowers you, you cannot help but to take that and share it with others. We have been blessed to be a blessing to the nations. And mission is not just an activity of the church. This is not just something that is for some, it is the identity of the church. Let me say that again. Mission is not an activity of the church. Mission is the identity of the church. In fact, it is one of the key values of the Christian and Missionary Alliance Church in Canada we would give priority to evangelization. As a denomination, we place high value on giving priority to our missionary activity, to reaching those who have had the least opportunity to hear the gospel. At one point, that was going across the nations. That was going to the far ends of the earth, but today it also means coming to Oshawa. The nations have come here. The nations have come to Ontario, they have come to Canada, they have come to North America. Those who have not yet heard the message and the good news of Jesus. We also want to be people who are generous stewards. And so we are going to encourage each other to find joy in generous giving. We will report the use of our resources with integrity and we will seek to use them in ways which will bring lasting spiritual impact, both locally and globally. I was reflecting on the story of King David, and during the reign of King David, he wanted to make God famous. At that time, God was dwelling in a tabernacle, and and David had established this amazing kingdom, and so he wanted God to have this beautiful temple. He wanted to make God so famous and so known among the nations that he was going to build this temple, this dwelling place for God. But God actually says to David, it's not going to be you, it's going to be your son who will do that. And so at the end of David's life, as he was preparing to actually for his son Solomon to succeed him, he went to the people. He went to the people of Israel and he asked them to give towards the building of this temple, to give towards the permanent dwelling place of God. And if you've read the account, the, the, account, the people give generously. I'm always amazed as you read throughout the scripture, anytime the people give towards what, the work of the Lord, it's always in abundance. It's always more than enough. And in this instance, as David asked the people to give towards the work that God was doing, the people gave generously. And in Chronicles 29, we read David's response to the generosity of the people, and he says, but who am I, and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. The scriptures encourage us and they remind us that everything that we have, and no matter how much we give, all of that is secondary to recognizing that everything ultimately belongs to God. And we are just His stewards. We are called to use what we have and what He has given to us for His glory. And being generous stewards isn't just about our finances. It certainly involves our money, but it also involves our time. It involves the use of our gifts and our lives. And we recognize that those are important things. Those are not things to be taken lightly. Your finances are not to be taken lightly. Your time is not to be taken lightly. Your lives are not to be taken lightly. And so as a church, we wanna make sure that we are striving to use those resources With integrity to be upfront with you and to use them in ways that are going to bring lasting spiritual change not just doing things for the sake of having a program but because we believe that the things that we are doing are the things that God has called us to do that will reach the nations that will bring people further along on their discipleship journey and when the things that we are doing in our church no longer meet those criteria, then we need to stop. And we need to reevaluate and reinvest. And finally, we want to be a people who are creative and collaborative. And so while we maintain the biblical principles, we will seek to find creative and innovative ways through which people can encounter Jesus. And then they can express their devotion to God, whether it is through worship, through the arts, through service, anything that is possible, while we maintain to our biblical standards. And we will also be open to networking and working collaboratively with churches and organizations to see the gospel of Jesus preached to the least reached peoples locally and globally the world we are living in is radically changing. And with these changes, we, need, we recognize that we need to be creative. We need to be innovative to be able to create opportunities for people to encounter Jesus. COVID has been a great illustration of this. For so long, the church has relied on services that look just like this where we come to a building and we engage, and and that's a great thing. But it has opened our eyes to the the need to be able to move and to shift with our culture. Not to give up on what the Bible says, not to give up on on values and, and, and the Bible and what God has taught us. We don't ignore any of those. Those are foundational to who we are. They come first and foremost. But the methods sometimes have to change. And we want to be open to the things that God is doing. To be creative and innovative. To be effective in reaching those who need to know about Jesus. And then we also recognize that we cannot do it alone. Our small church can't reach and can't fulfill the mission of God on our own. We need to work with others. There is strength in numbers. And there is wisdom in collaboration. And when we work with others, we actually often see an exponential return on our investment. And so we long to work collaboratively with those who are like-minded in reaching the nations for Jesus. And so we are passionately devoted to knowing God. We are deeply committed to loving one another. And we are relentlessly focused on reaching the lost. As I said, some of that is where we are at, and some of that is what we aspire to be. As we come to the close of our service, as we're we're beginning to wrap things up, I want to ask you this question. Did anything stand out to you in this vision and values? What excites you as you hear it? What stirs in you a deeper passion for the things of God and for the things that God is doing and going to do here at Ritz and Road Alliance Church? And how do you see yourself embracing this vision and these values? And how do you see yourself joining with us? as we seek to follow God. I'm reminded of what Paul says when he says, whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Here's the vision once more as a community of Christ followers, we are devoted to knowing God. We are committed to loving one another, and we are focused on reaching the lost. My prayer is that as you hear this vision and these values that God is stirring in your hearts to join us, to join us on mission with Jesus together. Would you join with me? as we close in a word of prayer. Father, this morning, I am thankful that you You have called us to be a part of your kingdom, that you have invited us to be on mission with you, that you have asked us to reach the nations both locally and globally with the, the message of your kingdom and life in your kingdom to know the the restoration and the transformation that comes in Christ. And God, you have uniquely positioned us as Ritz and Road Alliance Church to be able to serve you. To be focused on who we are. Not mimicking or mirroring other churches and what they're doing but being single-minded focused on what you have called us to do. To the the communities, to the cities, to the nations that you have called us to reach. And so, Lord, we, we commit this vision and these values to you. And we give you thanks for the work that you are going to do in and through us. May you stir in us a passion to follow you to be completely devoted to you, to be committed to loving one another, and to be focused on the lost. In all of these things, we give you honor and glory and thanks, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let me close with these words found in Ephesians chapter 3. Paul says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you guys for joining us this morning. Be blessed.